In the name of God, who is ever transforming us. Amen. Jesus was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and his clothes became dazzling white. I think that this is the strangest story in all the Gospels. But I know that it must be important because it's included by Matthew, Mark, and Luke. But it's a story which sounds more like the Hebrew scriptures, right? So God speaks from a cloud and uh, the dead, Moses and Elijah, appear. Jesus is turned dazzling white, but then he's suddenly normal. It's a strange story. I heard a guy this week say that he was fascinated that, that Lent is bookended by two stories of mountaintop experiences. So today, this Sunday, the Sunday before Lent begins, we get the story of the Mount of Transfiguration. But, but Lent ends, he says, in, in, on the Mount of Calvary. We get this dazzling, right, Jesus, this, this shiny, happy Jesus illuminated by, by God um, who declares from the clouds, this is my beloved son. The guy said, that's the Jesus that we really want. But the Jesus that we get is, is the Jesus of Calvary, the, the Jesus beaten and, and left to die on the cross. I found his theory to be a little bit curious. And all week, I've, I've sort of questioned what he was trying to say, because really his theory claims that we want faith to be these grand, illuminated moments of clarity. Now, I don't think that that's what this story is about, but I think that's what he's saying it's about. And his, his theory then is that our faith really comes in walking through the valley of the shadow of death, as though we only get faith through the, through the hard times. And the reality is faith comes in both these mysterious encounters like we hear about this morning and the valleys of the shadow of death. Mysterious encounters with God on the mountaintop are, are not meant simply to sustain us as we walk through the valley of darkness, you see. You know, I think that we are lucky if we have one direct encounter with God in this life. And there are some denominations that actually require you for membership purposes to name this sort of lightning experience of encounter with God as proof for membership. We, we don't do that in this church. Um, but I do think that, that there is some consensus um, in our church that, that life in Christ does mean trading in your old certainties, your old ways of thinking for new perspectives. And that's what conversion does. It gives you a new perspective. And, and I don't think that it's a one-time thing for us. Life is full of conversion experiences if we're paying attention. Peter, James, and John, they go with Jesus up onto the mountain, and, and they enter what I, I'm calling a cloud of mystery, okay? 
And they have this encounter with God that forever changes them. And they aren't changed because it suddenly revealed to them that, that Jesus was God's beloved son. They know this. Okay? This is, at Jesus' baptism, God comes out of a cloud and says, this is my beloved son. They know this. And in fact, six days before, Peter proclaims that Jesus is the Messiah, the son of God. That's not what is revealed. What changes them is the encounter. Peter, James, and John see Jesus talking with Moses and Elijah. And that's important. It's not uh, Abraham or David. It, it, it's Moses and Elijah. These are two figures who have um, been on the mountain with God, but they are leaders who began a journey. They started a grand journey that they didn't get to see to the end because they died. You see, Moses doesn't quite make it to the promised land. Moses gets on the mountain. Moses sees the promised land, but he doesn't get to go into the promised land. He had, he had tapped Joshua. He knows this is going to happen. He says, Joshua, when I die, you lead them on into the promised land. But when Moses dies, Joshua, in his grief, he, he, he's so paralyzed, he can't do it. And so it takes God coming and saying, Joshua, get moving. Get moving. You got to take them on. You got to take these Israelites on across the Jordan. And Elijah, Elijah has a, a similar story. Elijah has a, has a follower, Elisha. It's a, it's a little different, right? But Elisha is supposed to continue on after Elijah dies. But when Elijah dies, Elisha is paralyzed with grief. And God has to come to Elisha and say, get up, get moving, pick up the mantle, keep going. You see, I, I think that the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration are, are like Elisha and Joshua. They're being tapped to, to continue on after Jesus' death. They're being signaled by God that, that the time will come when they too are going to have to get moving, to take up the cross, to, to lead the way of Jesus in, in transforming the world. And unlike Elisha and, and, and Joshua, the disciples are going to have the power of the Holy Spirit, but they don't know that yet. And in fact, I don't think that they understand what's being revealed to them in this moment. And I don't think they actually get it until after the resurrection. Even though Jesus himself said, I I'm going to die I'm going to rise again, and then I'm going to leave you, so you got to continue on. But see, they're not ready to lose Jesus when the time comes, neither before his death nor after the resurrection. And so when they finally do get it, um, it is this encounter, it's this story on this mountain that, that they point to as the moment when, when Jesus hands them the torch of leadership. In fact, 2 Peter tells us this morning that the, the experience of the transfiguration, that anchors Peter's life. And it frames his understanding that his role is to get moving. And not just to preserve Jesus' message, but, but to, to spread the message, to spread the gospel. 
It's this moment he realizes later that changes him. Like Peter, James, and John, we too, we have these encounters with God and and with people in our own clouds of mystery. I think that they happen more than we realize. These These encounters may be seeing people that we know for a really long time in a new light. It may, it may be me meeting someone new and thinking that we, we've got them figured out and, and then we see them in a new light. I think they happen all the time. I think these encounters have the power to change us. But we too, we have to let go of our certainties in order to be changed, to be converted. And like the disciples, often that that conversion, um, that new perspective takes time. So I I think I've told you this, but my grandfather was murdered um, in in their home by a burglar in front of my mother and her her mother and um, my uncle. And and so living with a victim of a violent crime, we had lots of escape plans and and, um, safety measures. and my father was uh, the youngest in a farming family. And, and so when he was uh, in his mid-20s, his uh, brother died. And he suddenly had to take over the farm. And his father was dying. And he didn't know anything about farming. And um, eventually his father died. And he, he was left without anyone to help him. And so he hired an African-American man named Jim. Um, and in Alabama in those days, that was that was. Not really what you did, but that's what he did. And uh, Jim worked for our family for a long time. And so um, one day when I was 15, I'll never forget this, my dad and I are watching a documentary of Angola, uh, the prison in Louisiana that, that Ann talked about, this prison last week. And so we're watching uh, this documentary of Angola, and dad says, did you know that Jim was in Angola? And I said, uh, no, I didn't know that Jim was in Angola. What was he there for? And he said, well, he was there for murder. And I said, well, does mother know <laughs> that Jim was in Angola for murder? And he said, hell no, and you better not tell her. <laughs> and I said, I can't believe, Dad, that, that with, with her life experience, with all these safety plans that we have, that you would hire a murderer to work for us. He's driven me around by myself. And he said, well, Katie, no one else would hire him, and he was a damn good worker. And that moment changed me. It took time. I I didn't really realize it until years later. But that moment began a conversion for me. That moment was in an encounter in a, in a cloud of mystery with the God of mercy and grace. See, until then, I had understood the, wor- the world in terms of right and wrong. You're either right or you're wrong. You're either dangerous or you're not dangerous. You're either all good or you're all bad. And my perspective was challenged. The people are complicated. It, it's not that simple. 
And it took time, but, but that mysterious revelation of what, what transformed lives could look like when, when, when offered hope and mercy and a chance and dignity, that, that anchored my life. That changed my faith. It changed my perspective on people, and that has anchored me. And, and that's anchored my faith just as much as the experiences I've had in the valley of the shadow of death, and I've had those too. You see, we need the revelation of Jesus on, the, on, on this Mount of Transfiguration. We need the revelation of Jesus in our clouds of mystery just as much as we need the Jesus in the valley of the shadow of death. The challenge for us, just as for Peter, James, and John, is whether we'll be open enough to allow those encounters to change us? And will we be open enough to allow those encounters to get us moving? 